tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to this 89th episode of the History Ghost Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. And today we're going to a distillery, Denise. Yes, we are. I believe we have covered two breweries in the past. The one that was connected to the Lemp Mansion. And I can't remember the name of the other place, but it's a bar and grill brewery that's open now. And I know it was up in, I think it was in the New England area, somewhere over there. In Jersey? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) We're going to be featuring the Buffalo Trace Distillery out of Kentucky. This was suggested to us by listener Kat. Hey, Kat. Thanks for the suggestion. And we got research assistance from Jade Lewis. Thanks, Jade. But before we get into that, we do want to point you in the direction of our website, historygoesbump.com. Denise, if people want to send us an email, where can they do that? That'll be at historygoesbump at gmail.com. We got an email from Amy who was suggesting a location that we've put on. We'll probably be doing it in February, but it has a connection to Typhoid Mary. Yes. So that should be very interesting. She just wanted to let us know that she'd recently discovered the podcast and thought it was very wonderful. She's making her way through them, oldest to newest. So I promise it does get better (laughs) as you go. Yeah, so keep in mind, Denise, this was my first kind of venture out of the gates. And she just wanted to let us know that the content is fascinating. We treat often difficult or disturbing subject matter with just the right amount of gentleness and humor to take the edge off. The production is great and the dynamic between the two of you is adorable. Congrats on making such a delightful program. So thank you so much for that, Amy. Yes, thank you, Amy. And then people might recall on the last show that we had talked about a comment that Heather had left over on the website. And she was talking about how her grandmother had told her a story about Krampus and this guy that would chase after the kids with a switch. Right. We wanted to know if it was like a real guy chasing around with that or just... Well, Heather responded back to us and she said she was just listening to the next episode to answer our question. It was actually someone play acting and chasing the children. I thought, no, there's no way. Oh, my gosh. Lucky you didn't get decked. (laughs) Yeah. Heather said her grandmother said it was terrifying. And she said, I remember thinking I was sure glad that switching kids wasn't in style anymore. No kidding. Or chasing them, them thinking that Krampus is coming to get them because they've been naughty. That's the thing that nightmares are made made out of. And then Corianne had left a message over on the Spectacular crew about the Krampus show. And she said, love this episode, though I kept waiting for you to mention my favorite bit of Krampus-esque lore. Dutch children were told that Santa's servant, I'm going to totally clobber this one, Swarte Piet, would collect all the naughty children in a burlap sack and take them away to, wait for it, folks, Spain? She said, I've yet to figure out exactly how naughty one has to be to end up in Madrid and not hell. Maybe it's fun naughty like Denise. (laughs) Oh, I did. How did I miss the like Denise part? So I have to say maybe Spain is actually hell. Uh, No, you just made all our Spaniards upset with you. (laughs) No, Spaniards keep listening. We don't think you're hell. 
We do want to give a shout out to Jay, who's known as Jasmapolitan over on Twitter for your kind remarks sent our way. Yes, thank you so much. We have a bunch of people to welcome into the Spooktacular crew. Corianne. Hey, Corianne. Griffin. Hey, Griffin. Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Tina. Hey, Tina. Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Michael. Hi, Michael. Kristen. Hey, Kristen. Tracy K. Hey, Tracy K. Tracy P. Hey, Tracy P. Tala. Hey, Tala. Nisa. Hi, Nisa. Beth. Hey, Beth. And Terry with an IE. And Terry with an IE. Welcome to the crew. And of course, we've gotten some more reviews over at iTunes. And we have so many that if you don't get heard on this podcast, you'll probably be heard on the next one. We're going to start with the ones that aren't um, five star. (laughs) As we always do. Let's work our way up from two star. This is from Serenity Almera. I really wanted to like this podcast. The topics are definitely interesting. However, the execution is poor. The introductions are far too long. One episode didn't get out of intro for 7 minutes and 55 seconds. And the podcast segments feature some of the most distracting and out-of-place music I've heard. The sound quality falters, and unfortunately, the inflection and tone of the narrators don't fit the subject matter, and again, completely distracts from the content. It just doesn't work. The only upside is, I know they read iTunes reviews because they read them on air every episode, another unnecessary segment of their show. Well, thank you for your comments, Serenity. Yeah, thank you, Serenity. And we have three stars from Kaidiana, I guess. I really want to like this podcast. Kind of started the same way as the other one. The content is great. Interesting topics, well-researched. Unfortunately, the production leaves a lot to be desired. Audio is poor. And it would be much better if the host could be a bit more expressive in reading their scripts. Also, even though I suppose some people like this, I really do not care for all the chit-chat and reading of online reviews of the podcast. That's just me. I'll probably keep listening, but fast-forwarding through those parts. Could really be an excellent podcast with some refinements. Okay, and thank you for that review as well. Um, We do want to say we appreciate all reviews that come in. However, we won't be able to change a lot of things because we're very connected to our listeners. And our belief is if you've taken the time out of your day to leave a review, we are going to want to read it. But we did put them at the beginning, so people who don't like it will just fast-forward and and still enjoy the show. So hopefully we can both the needs for both people and but our listeners are number one for us yeah there's another podcast i love to listen to that's brand new out there called scared podcast does real ghost stories and he actually had posted a little two-minute thing where he was like i can't figure out what people want i get you know half of the people really love this and then the other half really hate this and then on this other thing people really love this but they really hate that he can't figure out about music and sound effects and everything and i just tweeted back at him i have found you can't please everybody so make sure you do what you are passionate about right so thank you we always appreciate appreciate reviews so thank you for letting us know your thoughts and you know what they all count to the main number when we've had a hundred reviews that's pretty cool yes Indeedy. Not including the uh, foreign ones, I believe. On the the upside, we got uh, Lilith Gray had given us four stars. She revised it to five stars and said now that she's been listening to more of them, she's thought it was much better than what she'd given it a review for. So thank you for that. Uh, Becca, five stars, loving it. Absolutely loving the podcast. I've been binge listening to the podcast. I love the twist of our history and myths that you gals do. Thanks again for this wonderful podcast. Keep up the great work. And this other name, (laughs) I'm going to try it just because I know they probably did this just for that reason. And I'll let Diane have it. (laughs) Memzikososjikanzika. These ladies make me enjoy history. Can't get enough of their podcast. Five stars. Thanks so much for that, Mem. Oh, look, she shortens it. She doesn't try it twice. And we got another review out of Australia. Code name Hex. I heard about this podcast through Bizarre States, and I'm so glad I did. The hosts are so kind, and the podcast is full of spooky, wonderfully historical tales. I highly recommend it to anyone who enjoys digging deeper into those spooky tales you grew up with. Thanks so much, Code name Hex. 
Yes, thank you, Code. That sounds like a spy code name. And we have some good news for the listeners, Denise. Obviously, they all know that we are running a contest for the month of December. Yes, they do, or hopefully they do. And we will be drawing that name on Christmas Day. You need to have done one of the following things in order to be registered for that. We will do, and that will end on Christmas Eve, the 24th of December. So you either need to have already joined the Spooktacular crew, you need to have signed up for the newsletter, you need to have sent us an email with your name, and in the subject line put December Contest 2015, or be an executive producer of the show. Right. And remember, Spectacular Crew is over on Facebook. It's a group. Some people keep, thought they were part of Spectacular Crew and weren't. So that's actually a group you go join on Facebook. And the good news is, Denise, we've gotten enough donations now. We've told everybody if we hit where we're getting $100 in donations every month that we would run a contest every month. Yay! I love giving away free stuff. We are there. So from now on, we will be having a contest every single month. We might switch up how you register for it just to keep it kind of fun. And then on a personal note, uh, this show, we're actually recording it the day that it's going to go up. So it's going to be a little late. We've been a little crazy at our house, not only with Christmas and everything coming up, but as a lot of you've probably kind of picked up as I've been referencing, I'm getting major surgery done, and that's going to be tomorrow. We have so many listeners out there with the positive energy and prayers and stuff. If you guys could all focus it that direction tomorrow, which is Tuesday, December the 15th in 2015, I will be going in and having a hysterectomy. So if you guys could keep me in your thoughts for a successful surgery and a good recovery, I would greatly appreciate that. Our plan is to keep our schedule exactly the same. So as long as everything goes according to plan, you shouldn't notice any blips in the radar. Nope. And, um, and I also appreciate any prayers going her way. Denise, I know that we're teetotalers, but are you ready to go to the distillery? I sure am. Become an executive producer of the History Goes Bump podcast for as little as a buck a month. For $5 a month, you can access exclusive content like the Haunted True Crime bonus cast. And for $10 and above a month, you get all that plus awesome History Goes Bump gear. Check out patreon.com slash historygoesbump for more information. Or you can give us a one-time donation by clicking the donate button at historygoesbump.com. It's tradition for some people during the holiday season to use an advent calendar to count down the days until Christmas. Perhaps as a child you had one with boxes filled with chocolate treats or you opened a window to a fun picture. We noticed this year that some people are keeping a calendar of sorts wherein they drink a craft beer from an independent brewery. All sorts of fun flavors are combined to craft the perfect brew, but would you believe that there is one beer that is brewed with elephant dung? Sankt Gallen Brewery out of Japan created Unkono Kuro, a beer that is made from coffee beans that have passed through an elephant. We don't mean passed over or under, but through, meaning the entire digestive process. The beans are well harvested from the steaming pile of elephant poop and rinsed off. We hope really well. The elephants that pass these beans live at Thailand's Golden Triangle Elephant Foundation and the cost is pretty high. It's $100 per 35 grams, which converts to 0.077 pounds. We're not sure if this fact is odd or just a twist of sick humor, 
but the beer is categorized as a chocolate stout, though it contains no chocolate. And while it may not sound appetizing, this brew flew off the shelves. The name Unkonokuro is a pun on the word unko, which means crap in Japanese. Many people claim that the stout is quite tasty and sweet, but we just find making beer from elephant poo rather odd. Are you afraid of the dark? That's just silly. What you should be afraid of is the thing that watches you sleep. <laughs> This day in history. This Day in History is by April Rogers Crick. On this day, December 14th in 1900, German born physicist Max Planck published his groundbreaking study on the effects of radiation on black body substances, and the quantum theory of modern physics was born. Max Planck was born into a traditional intellectual family. His great grandfather, grandfather, and father were all college professors. During his elementary and secondary education, he studied astronomy and mechanics. He also was taught the principle of conservation of energy. He graduated early at the age of 17. Wanting to continue his education and study physics, he enrolled at the University of Munich. Under the tutelage of Philip von Jolly, a professor of physics, he began his studies. Jolly first advised him against going into physics, saying, quote, In this field, almost everything is already discovered, and all that remains is to fill a few holes. End quote. After graduating from the University of Munich with honors, Planck became an educational lecturer. In 1894, he was commissioned by electric companies to create maximum light from light bulbs with minimum energy. This commission is what first turned his attention to the problem of black body radiation, which in turn led him to his discovery of quantum theory. He shocked the science world by showing that atoms emit or absorb energy in bundles or quanta, not in continuous streams, as taught by Newtonian physics. This insight, along with subsequent developments by Einstein, Bohr, and others, established the revolutionary quantum theory of modern physics. This is Christopher. And this is Joe. From the Curioso Podcast. And here at the Curioso, when we want to listen to ghost tours for the theater of the mind, we listen to the History Goes Bump Podcast. Buffalo Trace Distillery is the oldest continuously operating distillery in America. Herds of buffalo once thundered across this area of Kentucky where the distillery stands and they carved a path which is called a trace. This particular trace is called the Great Buffalo Trace and it led to the banks of the Kentucky River and gave the distillery its name. Some of the finest Kentucky bourbon is made here, but there are more than just the drinkable spirits at this location. The kind of spirits that leads to tales of ghosts can be found here as well. Join us as we explore the history and the hauntings of the Buffalo Trace Distillery. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'.
Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know your favorite sparkling water, Bubbly? Well, guess what? It just got better because Bubbly is growing its family. That's right. Bubbly now has Bubbly Burst. Bubbly Burst is a sparkling water beverage with extra fruit flavor. An extra burst of fruit flavor for an extra burst of fun. There's zero sugar added. It's low calorie. It's the refreshing bubbles that you love in Bubbly, but it's 1% juice. Each sip is filled with a flavorful refreshment that adds a burst of fun and happiness to your day. And just like choosing amongst your favorite child, it's impossible. There's so many good flavors. Peach mango, triple berry, cherry lemonade, watermelon lime, pineapple tangerine, and tropical punch. I can't choose a favorite. But don't take my word for it. Try it for yourself today. Find Bubbly Purse in a store near you. Many explorers traveled through this area, including the likes of Daniel Boone in 1771. These explorers were following the traces left by the buffalo. A ford is a natural area in water that is shallow enough to easily cross. One such ford on the Kentucky River was being used by European pioneers for making salt. Native Americans attacked the group there and killed a pioneer named Stephen Frank. After that, this crossing on the Kentucky River became known as Frank's Ford in honor of the slain man. Later, the name would be changed to Frankfurt, and that city is now the capital of Kentucky. In 1786, James Wilkinson purchased 260 acres north of the Kentucky River, and this became the heart of Frankfurt. James Wilkinson served in the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. One of his endeavors was serving under Nathaniel Greene during the Siege of Boston. General Gates sent him to Congress with the details of the Battle of Saratoga, and he added his own tale of bravery when he finally showed up to Congress. It wasn't the truth, but they promoted him past many senior ranks who were furious. Wilkinson also joined with the Conway Cable, which was a plot to replace George Washington as commander-in-chief with General Gates. Gates asked him to resign. Wilkinson was not done with controversy, however. In 1787, he declared loyalty to the King of Spain while in New Orleans to improve his commercial enterprises with the state of Kentucky. He worked to get separation for Kentucky from Virginia as well. He would later help take possession of the Louisiana Purchase in 1803, but he was still working with Spain, and at the time of his death, he was found to be a paid spy for Spain. Theodore Roosevelt said of him, quote, In all our history, there is no more despicable character, end quote. Frankfurt got its first post office in 1784, and Kentucky became an official state in 1792. Frankfurt became the home of several bourbon distilleries. In 1773, the McAfee brothers surveyed the crossing at the Kentucky River, and then in 1775, another set of brothers, Hancock and Willis Lee, founded a settlement and called it Leestown. As the settlement grew, many found that the abundant limestone spring water and fertile bottom loam was perfect for growing outstanding grain. This led to the start of distillation, and the start of the Kentucky bourbon heritage. A shipping port cropped up here as well for hemp, tobacco, and whiskey. Hancock and Willis Lee started a distillery where the Buffalo Trace Distillery now stands when they founded Leestown. 
To this day, there is bourbon featuring the name Hancock in tribute to Hancock Lee. The Riverside House was built in 1792 on the property by Commodore Richard Taylor, and it still stands there today. It is the oldest house in Franklin County. The first official distillery was built in 1812 by Harrison Blanton, but had no official name. Harrison Blanton was born in 1791 and became a well-known businessman in Frankfurt. He founded the Blanton Lumber Company after building the distillery. The Ku Klux Klan started to rise to power in the area, and they paid Blanton a visit after they thought they had tracked down a black man named Freeman Garrett. They couldn't find Garrett, so they shot two other black men on the property. Blanton died shortly after that, but the Blanton Lumber Company stayed in business for 150 years. And a fun fact is back in 1858, whiskey sold for 14 cents a gallon. Can you imagine? (laughs) That's a cheap drunk. (laughs) No kidding. In 1870, Edmund H. Taylor bought the distillery and gave it the name Old Fire Copper, which was its first official name. Most people refer to it as the OFC. He used wood fire and copper stills to distill. He also built another distillery at a cost of $70,000, a small fortune at the time. He was the descendant of two presidents, James Madison and Zachary Taylor, which is where the Taylor name came from. In 1882, the OFC burned to the ground after being struck by lightning and was quickly rebuilt. George T. Stagg bought the distillery eight years later. Stagg developed the first ever climate control for distilling whiskey by using steam heating in storage warehouses. He expanded the property, too. Stagg was born in 1835 in Kentucky, but he moved to St. Louis to become a whiskey salesman. He later met up with Taylor, and the two are considered icons in the distillery business. In 1904, the distillery became known as the George T. Stagg Distillery. It held that name for a century. In 1897, Albert B. Blanton joins the distillery as an office boy at the age of 16. He was a descendant of Harrison Blanton, who first distilled whiskey here. He was promoted through the years and learned all facets of the business. In 1921, Blanton became president of the distillery. He would spend 55 years producing and promoting Kentucky's straight bourbon whiskey. He kept the distillery alive during Prohibition, and after a devastating flood in 1937, he had the operation up and going the very next day. He built Stony Point Mansion on the grounds, and it overlooks the distillery. The reason why the distillery remained in business during Prohibition was because Blanton managed to get one of the four permits given out by the government, allowing them to make whiskey for medicinal purposes. They bottled one million pints. A clubhouse and gardens were installed in 1934, adding to the beauty of the property, and Blanton retired in 1952. Whiskey for medicinal purposes, eh? I guess so. (laughs) I wonder what those medicinal purposes would be. (laughs) I think quite a few people still use it for medicinal purposes, (laughs) although they get themselves in some trouble. Uh, Take away the pain, yeah. Okay. Isn't that what they would always have, like hot toddies and stuff? It was always the interesting thing about the research on this is that I did not realize that there were distilleries that were allowed to do that during that time. I just thought they all either had to find something else, you know, some like vinegar or alcohol that rubbing alcohol or something to manufacture that instead. So it's interesting to find out that there were some that were still in production. So and really, the government gave them their blessing. So you really think the government would completely lose the funds on, on whiskey? <laughs> Come on, Diane. Yeah, that's why we had that whiskey rebellion at the one time, too. They wanted their tax money. Absolutely. Elmer T. Lee took over operations in 1968. In 1982, a New York investor group bought the distillery. Moving from family-owned to investor group was not a good move, and the distillery's employment dwindled to only 50. And by 1991, the distillery was on the verge of closing. 
The distillery returned to family ownership when the Zazarak Company bought it in 1992. And after refurbishment, it was renamed the Buffalo Trace Distillery in 1999. In 2001, it was placed on the National Register of Historic Places. Distillery tours are given six days a week, and those do include some ghost tours. Awesome. And Kentucky is not that far away. As Diane said, ghost tours are given on the property and for good reason. When ghost hunters visited the distillery to do an investigation on the 125-acre property, every member of the team had an experience, and they identified 27 different ghosts. The one encounter that got everyone's attention was when the two main hosts were goosed or pinched on the backside. They were both in different areas, and when they reported in, they both reported being pinched by something unseen. There have been stories that employees and visitors to the distillery catch the smell of cigar smoke and hear footsteps in places where there are no other people. Riverside House is a stark white building that is rumored to house numerous specters. Commodore Richard Taylor's one of them, and he was the man who built it. He has been seen in an upstairs window. There's also an unidentified young boy at the house as well. There have been sightings of a gentleman wearing a dated suit and hat at the Stony Point Mansion, and some think it's the ghost of Albert Blanton, who died in the mansion in 1959. During a Christmas lighting event on property, a guest took a picture of a building, and the developed shot shows a ghostly figure standing in an upstairs window. Then, a few months later, the tour guide tried all nine keys available to try and unlock the mansion where Mr. Blanton had lived and died, and not one key worked that night, forcing the ghost tour to be held in a parking lot. Oh, we have an experience with ghosts and locks. They seem to like those things, which I had no clue until you got locked in the lighthouse. That just amazes me, though, because it's one thing to lock a door or unlock a door, but making it so the keys don't even work. He must just was a ghost standing there holding the lock so it wouldn't turn. Either that or like pushing the key out with its finger giggling. And what's even more interesting, what if this was a deadbolt? How would it hold that? Well, that would make sense because it's being held by a dead person. (laughs) Jeez, Denise. You're going to get coal in your stocking. Uh-uh. I'm being good. <laughs> Blanton's housekeeper, Sarah, is heard humming in the mansion as well. And even in summer, icy chills are felt in the basement. Warehouse C stores spirits of both varieties. A wall was about to collapse one day and a cry was heard for everyone to get out. The workers ran out just in time. When they got outside, they started asking each other who shouted the warning. None of them had, and none had been aware that the wall was going to collapse. It would seem something unseen gave them a warning. So that's a good ghost there. Yeah, absolutely. The Buffalo Trace Distillery has a long and productive history in Frankfort, Kentucky. Are there really more spirits at the distillery than just what is aging in the barrels? Are the legends of distillation still walking the grounds of the distillery? Is the Buffalo Trace Distillery haunted? That is for you to decide. And in the show notes, we do have a link to the tours that they give at the Buffalo Trace Distillery, if you are interested in those. On our next show, we are going to be featuring another type of building that I don't believe we've done before, a schoolhouse. Oh, very cool. This is the Milton Schoolhouse in Missouri, and it was suggested to us by Patrick over at Big Seance Podcast, and he actually, his very last podcast he did was featured this location. Oh, excellent. So we're going to be happy to bring that to you guys. We're so glad that you tuned in for this one. Make sure that you're with us on Christmas Eve. If you are not hanging out with family, you can hang out with us in our backyard. And actually, instead of periscoping, we're going to use a new app called Blab. That's B-L-A-B dot I-M. 
and we will be sending the links out and everything of that nature. <laughs> it sounded like you're saying blab I am. <laughs> that must be where they got the name from. I am blabbing. And what we liked about this one is that we can actually use the laptop to do the live streaming. And the chat is a lot more user-friendly. For those of you who've used Periscope, you can type something in and then it like disappears after a few seconds. And sometimes the person who's actually hosting the Periscope doesn't even see it. And then other people won't have seen what you've written. And so on this, it has it like on the side so that you can see what people have been saying in chat and stuff. So I thought it would be a lot more fun that way. And it's bigger, so our 40-plus hosts can read it. Yes. Uh, Ooh, I just got a look. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I need reading glasses doesn't mean I'm old. I know. (laughs) We want to thank you guys for tuning in for this one. I have been your host, Diane. And this has been Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. Executive producers of this episode have been Katie, Levi, Dan, Janice, Stephen, Heather, Dave and Ann, Amy, Tanya, Nicole, Leanna, Jade, April, Laura, Seth, Tracy, Josh, Barbara, Laura, Ashley, Griffin, Roger, and our newest executive producer is Melissa Patasini. Thank you. Societies rise and societies fall. When the time comes, one society steps forward to build a better future. The Wicked Library, Kettle Whistle Radio, Night Story Podcast, Prog Watch, Red Horse Radio, The Lift, History Goes Bomb. Listen, The M Writing Podcast, Society 13. Rebuilding society, one podcast at a time. Fan of the show? Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast catcher. We would greatly appreciate your review at iTunes as well to help the show grow. Thank you. (laughs) 